Welcome to the sermon podcast of Resurrection Community Church in Virginia Beach. We seek to connect people to God and one another through His Word, and hope this sermon brings you closer to God. So I'm going to read now John chapter 6, verses 16 to 21. When evening came, His disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Then they were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for all your many blessings to us. We thank you for all that you've given us. We pray now that you would take this word that was written down so long ago by your servant John and preserve for us today. Would you take this word and sink it deep into our hearts by the power of your Holy Spirit, that this would not be mere information for our heads, but truly transformation for our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I know that it is, it is properly speaking Winter Olympics time right now, that the Winter Olympics have just started. But as I read this, I couldn't help but think not about the Winter Olympics, Olympics but the Summer Olympics. And so it's cold, I'd actually kind of rather think about summer anyway. So if you think about Summer Olympics, and one of the things that at least most of us only ever see in the Olympics is the rowing sports. You know, the, the crew shells where they get like, four or six or 12 guys in a boat or girls in a boat, and they're just going, they're going, they're going, and they're all going perfectly, and they're just flying. They're flying down these long lanes, and they just go so, so fast. And that's, it's a, it's a, it's a glorious idea, right? That's what we want. We want everybody working in sync, everybody together, just flying down, racing with people. Sure, yeah, maybe there's somebody a little bit, but we are together, and we are moving. Well, just let me tell you that on this night, the disciples were not on a 12-man cruise shell. They were not flying across the lake. Instead, they were deeply stuck. And we can see hints here in the text of some things that show how badly the disciples were stuck. So we're going to see, we want to see for ourselves, where, where were the disciples in this time? Because I have a feeling that where the disciples were, we can find ourselves too. And then, what did God do for them? And we'll see some implications and some aspects of how God came. But but first, where where were the disciples as they were not flying across the the pond here, as they say? Look at verse 17. Well, verse 16. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark and... Jesus had not yet come to them. First problem, John highlights for us, Jesus is not there. And he doesn't say this explicitly, and so we can't, I'm not, we can't really like pass judgments on the disciples here of what they should or shouldn't have done. In fact, other gospel accounts say that Jesus told them to get into the boat and go across the sea. So I'm not really saying that the disciples are wrong in any way, but I think it's fair to say that the disciples are a little bit confused because it's not, we don't have it up on the slides, it's from last week's text, but if you go back to verse 15, 
After the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus disappeared and went up on the mountain by himself so they wouldn't make him king by force. So Jesus has gone up on the mountain, and the disciples are here like, whoa, what do we do? So I guess we get in the boat and go? I'm not saying they're wrong, but I'm pretty sure they're confused. And John does highlight for us the problem is Jesus has not yet come. And then things just get worse. Verse 18, the sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles. Now just pause again. Again, I don't know how much time any of you have spent rowing boats, but three or four miles rowing a boat is no short distance, right? So they have actually been out here on this rough sea in the dark, it says it was evening, rowing this boat for quite a while. The disciples are not in a good place. They're undoubtedly confused, frustrated, upset possibly, wonder, Jesus, you just fed 5,000 people. Where the heck are you? And where the disciples find themselves here, I think is, a, is where many of us find ourselves many times. Maybe right now you are feeling like you're flying down in that cruise shell, but I guarantee you many of the people next to you are not. And many of you are not feeling that either. Instead, you acutely feel that you are out on a rough sea at night and Jesus is not there. This is our main problem. We are uncertain exactly where we are to go. We think we're, we're trying to do the right thing, but we feel like we're rowing against the, uh, against the tide, against the rough sea, and we're not sure what to do. So what happens to them as they're stuck there? What happens is that they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat. When they are out there in the middle of the sea, Jesus comes. Now, what's their reaction there in such a not good place? Understandable reaction? They were frightened. Now, it's not clear. Maybe they, maybe they recognized him, maybe they didn't. But I would be frightened too. Sometimes, even when God shows up, his very presence is frightening. We don't understand the way in which he is showing up. And so what happens? They're frightened, but he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. And then they were glad to take him into the boat. So what happens for, what, what, I said, where are we? We find ourselves in a similar place sometimes to these disciples, stuck out in the middle of the water, not sure where we're going, not sure where Jesus was in the midst of it. That's what this text tells us about us. What does it tell us about God? It tells us that Jesus is God come to us. That's the message here. Jesus is God come to us, stuck out here in the middle of the, of the sea in the rough night, and God himself has come. Why do we see it? He's walking on the water. That's not just, Jesus walking on the water here is not just a matter of like, ooh, this is a cool party trick. Or him, you know, it, it's, it's even more so, there's even more of a declaration of power here than Jesus' miracles of healing. Like, lots, lots of people did healing. But walking on the water, he is declaring not just the ability to walk on water, which of course is a supernatural ability, but he is declaring his power over the water. God, of course we know that God made the world, God made the waters. We read back in Genesis 1 
about the waters. The Spirit of God hovered over the waters in the beginning of creation. God controls the water. And so as Jesus comes walking across the water, he is declaring authority over all of creation. So he's declaring his authority. He is coming to them. And then the crowning moment he said to them, it is I. Now this is kind of fun because it is I can mean a couple different things. It says it is I. That's kind of the way you would introduce yourself. Like you pick up the phone and somebody, somebody answers the phone. And you're like, hey, it's me. Like that's kind of what Jesus is saying. Like, hey, it's me or I'm home. It's me. You know, the recognition of his voice. But this is also the same exact words as Jesus saying, I am. Do not be afraid. And what's fun about it is we really can't tell. It is actually the way back then that you would have introduced yourself on the phone. Like, hey, it's me. But it's also I am. The words that God used to declare himself to Moses in the burning bush. And so Jesus is taking those very same words. And he's going to use these now throughout the rest of John, saying, I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. As he continues to show his disciples, as he continues to show all the people there, as he continues to show us that he is God. So when you're stuck in the middle of the boat, in, in, in the boat, in the middle of the sea, rowing somewhere you're not sure whether you're even going in the right space, place, wondering where Jesus is, know that Jesus is the God who comes to us. Jesus is the God who came down from heaven to earth, and then he came to his disciples in the middle of the sea, in the middle of the night, and he comes to us too in our time of need and trouble. So what do we do? What is our response then? If we can see ourselves in the, in, the, in the disciples' situation, if we can feel that deeply in our bones, what do we do with this knowledge? What do we do knowing that Jesus is God come to us? What is the call for us? The call is to seek that, to recognize his presence. Even in the hardest times, to look for the presence of Jesus with us. Because that is what we need. When he came to them, then they were glad to take him into the boat. Now, the other gospels tell us that this gladness had an edge to it. They were still terrified when they got him into the boat, but they were glad. Jesus was with them, and immediately the boat was at the land which they were going. What do we need when we're stuck in turmoil and hardship? We need a God who comes to us. We do not need a God who stands out there and says, come on, come on, come find me, keep rowing, keep rowing, get yourself there. We need the God who comes to us and gets in the boat with us and takes us to the place where we are going. This is the God who gets in the boat, who says, do not be afraid. So what is our call? It is not to row harder, but it is to seek his presence and look for it. That's the main thing we need here. The main thing about God is that Jesus God come to us. The main thing we need to do is to seek his presence. But we need, we need a little bit of help to understand this. We need to dig in a little bit more. So we're, we're mostly through this. We've got the main idea. But what are three quick things that, that more detail of what Jesus is doing here? What does it mean that Jesus God come for us first? Jesus allows us to go through the storm. Second, Jesus reveals his glory. And third, Jesus carries us where we're going. Jesus allows, Jesus reveals, Jesus carries. 
So Jesus allowed, I mean, did you think about that as we were talking about it? Like in the, I mentioned in the other gospel accounts, it just says Jesus made them get in the boat. Here we don't have that, but we still see that he allowed them. He just went up on the mountain. Where are they going to go? We, we don't know. Oops. Where are we going to go? When evening came, we'll go down to the sea, got into a boat and start. He allowed them to do this. Why does, Jesus allow, why does Jesus allow the disciples here to go through the storm? He allowed them to go through the storm so he could be God coming to them. He allowed them to go to the storm so they could experience this moment. Why does Jesus allow us to go through storms in life? For the same reason. We don't know all the details. We don't understand how think God works things out. We certainly don't want to say that sin is not bad or not wrong. We really don't even really want to say that if something happens, this is what God wanted to happen or God desires for us. That's a dangerous place to go. But he does allow things to happen. We can be confident of that. And that we don't understand all the ways that he works, but he allows us to go through the storm and he's watching. You realize that as the disciples are going across the sea, where was Jesus? Mostly we had focused on the fact he just wasn't with them. But he withdrew again to the mountain. Jesus was up on the mountain as they were down on the sea. Jesus could see them. Jesus could see the rough storm there. He could see them going across. And yet he let them wait. He didn't see them getting the boat. He like, guys, 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 don't do that. It's not going to be good. He let them go three to four miles out there. And then he came to them. Why not just tell them who he was? I don't know. We don't know why. We don't know why, but God, we do know that God knows us better than us. So with that perspective, when Jesus allows us to go through the storm, what does it mean to seek his presence? It means instead of looking at the storms of our lives and saying, God, will you end this? It's understandable. We want him to end things. We want things to get better. But to first say, God, will you meet me? God, will you teach me? What are you trying to teach me through this suffering? What do you want me to learn through this? How can I find you in the midst of it? It's hard to ask that, but it is so good to see God show up in the midst of the storm. So Jesus allows us to go through the storm. It's one way he's God comes to us. The second way is that Jesus reveals his glory. He revealed his glory to his disciples. Well, you already saw I already said it, he's walking on the water, declaring his power over creation, saying, I am, I am God. And then miraculously, we are where we're going. So he reveals his glory to his disciples. What does that mean for us to seek him in revealing his glory? We've got to look for these moments of God being revealed. We have to soak ourselves in the truths of the scripture. Just as he revealed it, they wrote it down. I love the details in here, not only for what they mean for us, but because how they show us, like, John was there. John knew this stuff. This was not, you know, in some of the other Gospels, Luke uh, was a Gospel writer, and he tells us that he went and interviewed people. And we get a nice, tidy, clean, historical account from the accounts of people that Luke interviewed. John was there. And we get these details. Like, right after this, we're going to get a detail that the crowd saw that a boat was missing and knew that Jesus hadn't gone in it, and they were confused. Like, John knew these things. He was right there. Jesus revealed his glory to John. John wrote it down for us. And we can soak it, soak ourselves in his word so that we see that glory. But we can also look for the ways that Jesus reveals his glory today. They're there. They're there in God's people 
as God's people show kindness, as God's people engage in acts of service, as God's people engage in compassion and sympathy and empathy and listening and caring for one another and sticking with one another through hard times, in reaching out and offering help to people who cannot repay, in looking for people who have no friends and bringing them in, people who are need. We see God's glory at work through his people, but we need to look. We need to look and stop and reflect and say, how have I seen God today? There's a great Christian tradition, a habit, spiritual practice called the examine, to stop at the end of each day and look back over your day and say, how has God shown up today? How have I seen God at work in my life? What he provided for me, how he comforted me, who he brought into my, across my path, how, what he protected me from and to give thanks through that. Jesus allows us to go through the storm. Jesus reveals his glory. And then Jesus cares, carries us to where we're going. And this, I'd like to say, this is the great part. At the end, immediately the boat was at la the land to which they were going. It's a nice thought. But you know what it doesn't say? It doesn't actually say the storm stopped. When Jesus got into the boat, they were glad to take him into the boat, and they got to the land but the storm was still going on. At least it doesn't say that it stopped. So we can be confident that one of the ways that Jesus shows up as God come to us is that he will take us where we're going. He will take us where he wants us to go. It doesn't always mean it's gonna be easy. But we can know that if Jesus is in the boat with us, we are going to get there. This is what we need. So what do we do with this? What do we do when we're stuck we're looking for the presence of God, knowing that Jesus carries us to where we're going. We can persevere and we can turn to him in prayer. Say, Jesus, there is no way I'm getting through this storm without you. I need you to take me where I need to go. Jesus, will you come and get in this boat with me? Because the storm is rough. I really wish that I was in that cruise shell and we were just flying on a sunny day down the path, racing other people but instead I'm out on a boat. I got some friends with me in this boat, but we're all confused. Ain't none of us know where we're going. None of us are sure where you are. Jesus, will you show up? Will you come and get in the boat with us? Because I think if you get in the boat with us, we're gonna get there. That is the prayer that we need. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. We thank you that this was written down for us so long ago. We thank you that you showed yourself, God, come to these disciples on the sea. Would you show up for us this week? As we struggle through, as we wonder where we're going, would you show up and meet us this week? In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from Resurrection Community Church. To learn more about our church and how you can connect with God and others, please visit resurrectionvb.org.